We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. going on everybody welcome to the week nine edition of the pro football focus show here on rotor grinders i am Britt divine as always but we do have a new guest host today uh mr ian harditz he is attending a wedding uh so we have called the bullpen uh what, what do they call uh you are the uh the mike white to the new york jets but he's injured anyway you know what i'm saying uh we have andrew erickson here from pff filling in for ian uh, Andrew, I heard you're, you're like the props profit. What, what does Ian call you over there? Yeah, that's exactly what Ian calls me. He calls me the props profit. I, I hit up Ian, you know, about midway, a couple of weeks into the season. I'm like, Hey, like, let's do some props at the end of the DFS podcast. He's like, all right, like you bring them and we'll talk about them. And, and so far it's been pretty successful over on prizepicks.com using the, the props that I brought to the table. So, I'm, you know, we're going to talk about some of those today, along with all the, the great DFS plays. Yeah. So while Ian is not here in person. He will be here in spirit today, Andrew, because we are still going to use his article. It is free for all of you uh, as we go uh, over it uh, over the course of the show here. If you want to read it on Pro Football Focus, as always, it's free for all of you to read. It's the uh, matchups column that he does where he sort of takes pass rates, offense, pass rates, defense, combines it all into one to make it really easy to understand. Uh, let's jump right into this, Andrew. We'll sort of put our own twist on it this week uh, without Ian being here. Uh, but one of the first things we always like to look at on the show here is the explosive plays, because these are big chunk yardage plays that can really help you out 
in the standings of whatever DFS contest you're in today, what are some offenses that look primed for some big explosive plays? And then maybe a couple offenses where those big chunk plays might not show up this week. Yeah. So the, the, the quarterbacks that Ian likes to quote unquote say are set up to ball uh, include, so the bills, Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals. So Josh Allen, Kirk cousins, and Joe Burrow, you know, we, we see that they have these explosive playmakers at wide receiver, whether it's Diggs or Emmanuel Sanders, Justin Jefferson, and then Joe Burrow obviously has Jamar chase. So, you're going to see some big plays through the air for all of these different quarterbacks. And I think that's why they're all very strong considerations of DFS this week. Josh Allen's probably going to be the most popular quarterback playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but cousins and Joe Burrow, a little less popular. They can still get it done through the air. I think in these matchups in terms of guys that might have some trouble, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and even Patrick Mahomes to an extent, you know, the green Bay Packers have not been a defense that's really given up a lot of big plays through the air. And, we saw Mahomes the last time he played, you know, be willing to check it down to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had 18 targets and did not really have a huge yardage game. So maybe this isn't really the spot where Mahomes does bounce back and kind of be the guy that we have kind of played him as like every single week. How many weeks of this Chiefs offense being, I, I guess they're doing all these gimmicks at the, you know, as they get into the goal line with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill all pretending to be quarterback and things like that. How many weeks of, a bad offense do they have to be for us to actually think maybe something wrong has the lead figured him out is Travis Kelsey hurt is someone nursing an injury how, how much longer does this have to go on before we have to really start worrying about them yeah I mean again I think two weeks is still probably not enough time to, to get off from Holmes bandwagon especially you know with the Packers again they've been better against deep ball passes but it is Tyreek Hill and it's the Patrick Holmes. I think that the real problem is Kelsey's probably not really been as effective as he's been in the past couple of years. And, and he is an older player, you know, and we talk about him in the age model and it's like, could he be kind of on the back end of his career? And that's totally possible. So it's just the lack of, of weapons other than Tyreek Hill, like Josh Gordon, McCole Hardman, Byron, like these are just guys that are not getting open and doing nothing from home. So that's why he's throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill 18 times because there's literally no one else on the Chiefs offense that can really do much of anything. So I think the play for sure is definitely going with Tyreek Hill in this matchup. And maybe you can go away from Mahomes and look at some of these other quarterbacks. All right, let's look at pace uh, from Ian's article. There are a couple very opposite ends on the pace spectrum. One of them, I think, I can read into maybe there's a reason where I can expect pace to maybe jump up and that's in the projected slowest pace game of the week. So I want to start there with you with Cleveland at Cincinnati, because it seemed like the first couple games of the year, Cincinnati, they wanted to make sure Joe Burrow, he was good um, coming off injury. He's good. Dave Joe Mixon has been reduced in workload in the run game. And because he has all these awesome weapons in the passing game, Joe Burrow is slinging the ball all over the field. Now, what do we think of the pace in that game currently projected to be the slowest in my mind though? I think this game's sneaky for, for a little bit of a shootout here. Yeah. I know we talked about Joe Burrow as having a potential for some big plays through the air and, you know, maybe they don't run super fast, but we're seeing them run a lot of plays. Like the Bengals have picked up their plays per game. The Browns have been a team that picked up on plays per game, you know, a couple of weeks back, it was that Browns chargers game. That was the underrated shootout of the week. And if you looked at that game, it was like, Oh, the chargers run a lot of plays and the Browns run a lot of plays. So there is no Odell Beckham jr. Anymore, you know, holding the anchoring down this Browns offense. So maybe we do see a little bit more from Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb who's coming back from his injury, another week removed. So I agree with you that the Browns and Bengals, I think isn't nearly representative as their pace of play kind of shows here. 
Yeah, and then a couple, uh, at least one game that should have a ton of plays. That's the Chargers at Eagles. Uh, I like one side of this. I was on the Eagles last week against the Lions. That was one of the bigger bets I've made this year. I didn't understand that one. Uh, I don't understand uh, maybe the opposite side of this game this week. I think the Chargers are a much better team. But for DFS purposes, this game should have plenty of plays here. Austin Eckler are going to be very chalky uh, and, and just just looks like a really good play overall. Yeah, and I think to point out too, you know, Justin Herbert has had a couple of down weeks over the last couple of matchups, and you know, people are wondering, oh, are they starting to figure out Justin Herbert a little bit more? You know, are they figuring out this Joe Lombardi offense? And actually, the matchup last week, you know, it's really hard to, to take away stuff when teams play the Patriots because they're just so matchup based. You know, what they're able to do and take away certain players and what you do well, and the scheme actually worked against Justin Herbert significantly, you know, the Patriots run a lot of cover one and it just didn't really not work for Justin Herbert and what he's had and what he's been effective at throwing the ball this year. Whereas the Eagles it's complete opposite. Like the zone coverage that they run is really great for Justin Herbert. So especially with Keenan Allen, like eating over the slot, you know, the Eagles have been one of the worst teams against slot receivers this season, actually allowing the league's highest passer rating to slot wide receivers. So Keenan Allen should eat in this matchup. And maybe we see a, a big player too from Mike Williams. Uh, what else is really standing out to you in pace this week? So just in terms of like raw play volume, I think it's important to note that the Vikings and Ravens are two teams that rank inside the top eight in terms of just plays per game. Like this game is just, uh, it seems like the Ravens offense can basically do whatever they want against Minnesota. Minnesota's defense is so banged up. There are so many injuries. Daniel Hunter's out, Anthony Barr, Cameron Dancer are questionable. And then you also have Patrick Peterson who's on IR. So they have so many injuries. So you're going to see a lot from this Ravens office and the Vikings have shown they can at least keep pace at times when they need to play catch up. They can run fast and they have the weapons to do so. The other matchups that are fast paced bills at the Jaguars and then the Raiders at the Giants. I definitely like the Raiders side more than the Giants. I know Danny Dimes is going to be up against that really great pass rush by the Raiders. And that just kind of seems like a disaster. So I'd rather stack it on the Raiders side and maybe bring it back with one of these Giants receivers and the Jaguars. At least it makes sense that maybe they can at least keep the Bills having to score points. Like, that's really the main goal here is just, hey, just keep putting up garbage points. We saw it on Thursday night where the Jets' offense was just doing enough just to keep Carson Wentz on the field and scoring points. All right, let's move to some yards before contact. This is in the run game. This is, you know, the idea of this is you want your running back to run as far as he can before a defender touches him, and you want the defense to allow that to happen as often as possible as well here. So what are some good offenses we can look at to use some running backs. Running backs have been very strange in DFS this year. The high-end running outside of Derrick Henry for a week or two, using the high-end running back has been a, you know, not a great way to get a good lineup so far this year. It's been these mid-tier lineups and then jamming in Cooper Cup or Chris Godwin and things like that. Uh, We don't really have those guys on the slate this week. Uh, so we're going to need to dig a little bit deeper. What's really standing out for you? Yeah, so the some of the t- top running back plays. So Dalvin Cook looks like he's in a good spot. Ezekiel Elliott against the Denver Broncos defense that just is losing pieces left and right and is not nearly the unit it was when it was playing a really easy schedule to start the year. And then the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs should actually be able to run the football a little bit more against this Green Bay Packers front. It's actually one of the better matchups out of all of the running back matchups this week. So Daryl Williams, again, is, is getting not much love because of this Derek Gore thing, the $4,000 price Derek Gore on Monday Night Football, despite the fact that he played three snaps in the second half to Daryl Williams, 30 snaps. So we'll see how much run Derek Gore gets in this matchup. But yeah, Vikings, Cowboys, and Chiefs are set up well. On the bad side of things, Bengals, Falcons, and Texans, you know, no one's playing any Texans running backs. You know, no one's playing Mike Davis. Uh, Joe Mixon, not a great spot for him on the, on the ground, but we saw last week he doesn't really need that 
to be effective. You know, he didn't really do much against on the ground against the Jets, but he was used in the passing game, which is obviously what you want in the PPR scoring that is DraftKings. Yeah, we saw the Derek Gore. I'm a little worried that I think um, I think they mentioned this on the broadcast too, where they basically just ran every time he was on the field. I think that they don't trust him in pass protection and he doesn't really profile too well to be a good pass catcher out of the backfield. So I think that's going to be sort of a tell for the chiefs. You have to wonder if teams might pick up on that, which does lead to Williams being, I think the better overall choice for them in the backfield this week. And I think, uh, I think not too many people are, are going to be using him this week. Uh, let's scroll down here on Ian's article just a little bit. Let me get it in the view for everybody here. Uh, let's go combined yards per drop back. Uh, this sort of, is like the explosive plays, uh, you know, you're not going to get Mike White combined yards per drop back, generally not going to be too high on there, but some of the better quarterbacks like a Matthew Stafford will show up pretty good. Uh, what are some good matchups uh, for us this week? Yeah. So the one that really stuck out the most was again, going back to Derek Carr, uh, you know, he's been really efficient this year, despite playing a pretty tough schedule to start the season, a lot of tough defenses, but he's been really efficient. I know that they don't have Henry Ruggs anymore, but I don't think that's going to affect him too drastically. They have Jay Zay Jones coming in. He can be a deep threat for this Raiders offense. They're getting Darren Waller back. You know, the, the true number one wide receiver on the Las Vegas Raiders. So I think Derek Carr is an underrated player. And at least if you don't, roster him specifically rostering some of his pass catchers which are which are in some good matchups here against the Giants and on the bad side of things it's Jalen Hurts in the Eagles passing game you know the Eagles passing game has been pretty underwhelming anyway and now you're up against a very great Chargers defense that doesn't want to stop the run but it's great against stopping the pass Jaguars passing game is, no, is a no-go against the Bills and then the Giants again with Danny Dimes you know the Raiders defense great pass rush and a great secondary much more of a team that you're looking to run the football on than to throw on. You mentioned Zay Jones. He's 3K on DraftKings in, in play, cash games, tournaments. What are we doing? It's, 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 it's a fringy play because he literally has not done a lot. I know that they've talked him up, you know, quite frequently, but I mean, it's not like Henry Ruggs was going out and seeing six or seven targets every single week. I mean, this could be the game where we see a Darren Waller, you know, 13, 14 target game. Hey, that week one Darren Waller performance. We're, <laughs> we've been chasing that all season long. Hope maybe we can get something like that again. Uh, let's close it out here. Uh, let's get to... Uh, the combined offensive and defensive EPA. Uh, this is, you know, for some underdogs, Ian's been looking at this for a couple of years. If you can find the underdog that has a better EPA per play, generally that's been uh, an okay bet to make if you're just sort of following that rule. Is there anything like that standing out this week? Yeah, so the, the underdog that kind of stands out is, is Carolina against the Patriots. Um, no, no, is, no chance. I ain't doing yeah, that. That's, that, that's, that's why it's funny because it's like Ian even writes in the article. He's like, yeah, like this is probably a little bit skewed to the beginning of the season when the Patriots were just not playing well at all. And Panthers were playing really well. And we've obviously kind of seen the script turn um, on the Carolina Panthers. So would not be recommending to chase after the Panthers as we'll get into when we do our best bets. But in terms of like a blowout alert, you know, the Colts kind of popped in Ian's model and we saw the Colts just put up a, a dominating performance against the Jets, put up a ton of points. So the Saints are the, one of those teams that kind of stands out as a team that could blow out the Atlanta Falcons over alert, you know, the Packers and Chiefs game. I know that the, the total has just moved all over the place with the Aaron Rodgers news, but you know, the Chiefs defense is still bad and Jordan Love has weapons. So he should be able to move the football on the Chiefs and then other upset alerts. So Eagles, Jaguars, Bears, Giants. If Cooper Rush can move the ball with an Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, you got to think Jordan Love, who's probably a better overall quarterback, should be able to move the ball with guys like Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones back there. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for the recap of the Mismatch Manifesto. As always, you can go read that for free on Pro Football Focus. 
Uh, and if you want to catch Ian, Andrew, uh, uh, the, Dwayne McFarland, uh, we like to call him the rock uh, over at the, on the PFF waves. Uh, you can check them out over on the PFF fantasy football podcast feed. Uh, basically the only other thing I take in during the week, other than the stuff here at Roto grinders. Uh, all right, let's get into some sports bettings and, uh, Maybe I'm going to let you go here first with a couple of your picks. We're, we're on the same one. Uh, that's the Patriots. I just, I, this was my first, I bet this on Monday morning. Cause I, I go to the sports book. I collect and I always tell people on the show here, if you go, if you get the early line, it's generally better than the closing line. Specifically, if you have a, a reasonable take on a team and I just look at this and what are we doing giving that the Patriots outside of this one random game against the Texans where they should have won by probably like, 20 or 30, but they had some really bad luck in that game. They've been playing very well. And the Panthers, I don't even know if they're going to be with Sam Darnold. He's questionable. And, and PJ Walker has been absolutely horrible since he's come in and in mop up duty and whatever service he's had to do. I don't understand Andrew, why this is three, three and a half point line here. Are, are you seeing the same thing as I am? Yeah. I don't know if it's because the Patriots are playing on the road. Like, even though they just, they just beat the Chargers on the road, like it doesn't matter. So I, I, I am very confused on why it is only a three and a half line. You no, know, Mac Jones has been PFF, one of PFS highest graded quarterbacks this year. And that's really predicted more of like actual NFL success. Like not necessarily Mac Jones hasn't been a guy in fantasy that we've really been able to use, but in terms of like being good on the field and helping his team win games and being efficient, Mac Jones has delivered in that aspect. So I think that this one is pretty easy. The Patriots, if Sam Darnold plays like Bill Belichick owns this guy, like he's going to have him seeing ghosts out there. What do you think he's going to do to PJ Walker? It's, it's yeah. not going to be a good, it's not going to be a good outing for the, the Panthers. Maybe it's because, you know, CMC is going to come back. Like, I don't know. Like maybe that's because that's when the Panthers were good was when McCaffrey was still active and playing. So it seems like a lot to give to a running back that is not named Derrick Henry. So yeah, Patriots minus three and a half is uh, I would lock that in. Yeah, I saw a quote too from the Panthers coach that if CMC plays, he's it's, he's not going to be the every snap player this week. If he even suits up it's Friday, that information has not been completely revealed. So you will have to wait until the weekend for that one. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with the chargers as my next one, because I like the Eagles last week against the lions. Uh, they were like minus three and a half made absolute. The lions are one of the bottom two or three teams in the league. And I don't think the Eagles belong in that category at, at all and I think that made a, a lot of sense here what doesn't make sense to me this week at the the Chargers are minus two even minus one and a half some places against the Eagles because all we're doing we're giving the Chargers we're taking away their credit because Bill Belichick was able to beat them last week and then we're giving the Eagles way too much credit for beating up on the Lions I mean come on that win doesn't really mean too much in my eyes in terms of lines in Vegas Chargers just seem like the, the much better team overall here. I think they're going to be able to do whatever they want on offense with Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, maybe not a Mike Williams game, but those two should be great. That defense is good enough. I think the Chargers minus two, even minus one and a half, and you can get that. Um, looks to be one of the better ones. And I, I thought it was a reasonably tough week out there, Andrew, outside of these two for me. I didn't really find too much I was really liking in terms of pure spreads. Um, you've got a couple other ones. What are you looking at? Yeah, no, I was definitely, I wrote down four and Chargers was one of the other ones that I had wrote down, but I did not throw it in the show sheet. You beat me to it. I will go with the, the Browns as, as underdogs, two and a half point underdogs against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, I'm kind of buying into them responding to this whole Odell Beckham thing. And really when you look at the teams, you know, looking at the PFF rankings, so we look at ELO rankings, offensive rankings, defensive rankings, the Browns are better than the Bengals in all three categories. Like on paper, you can see, 
a scenario where the Browns are the superior team to the Cincinnati Bengals. And we just saw the Bengals lose to the Jets. Now it's a game that they should have won. Um, they probably sleepwalking a little bit. You know, they are the number one team in the AFC coming in and they lost to the Jets. So I do think that the Browns could give a lot of issues to the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they have a top tier pass rush, so they can rattle Joe Burrow a little bit more. So I, I like the Browns at plus two and a half. And then the other team is the Raiders. You know, I, I've talked about them. I like the matchup with Derek Carr in this passing game. I think they're gonna be able to do a lot against the New York Giants. And Derek Carr has just he's been underrated. And we've seen this team respond already. You know, they beat down the Denver Broncos after the John Gruden saga. Now they're obviously facing more adversity with the outland, like the aftermath of Henry Ruggs and his situation. So I think they're going to respond under Derek Carr. You know, he's been one of the better quarterbacks this year in terms of efficiency. And I really don't think that the Giants are presenting any sort of threat, you know, as you know, for three points. So I'll go with the Raiders minus three. Yeah, it'll be what, a couple plays till Kenny Galladay's out of the game, probably. And then the uh, whole Giants <laughs> offense will fall apart. Um, the other, so I like to, I like to do the spreads because you can, you know, it's generally minus 110 odds and things like that. And I don't get too far into the parlays or anything like that on the show. But I do like, uh, if you like the teasers. So I like the teasers. I've done really good on these personally all year. Uh, the Steelers Ram six point teaser, it's minus 120 odds most books. So it is a little bit, um, uh, a little bit out there compared to the minus 110, but not too much. Uh, I just think the Steelers at home against the Bears. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. I don't call, I, I like, we, we will talk about Justin Fields in just a second. At least you will. Um, but I think the Steelers are just the much better team than the bears. And we got Nagy's back. Bears are going to stink. It's pretty simple. What's going to happen on that one. And the Rams, uh, there's seven and a half point favorites. I think when I made this, you can get them down to one and a half across the seven, the four, the three. That's very strong for big home favorites as a general trend in the NFL over a long time. Uh, and I think the Rams should really have their way with a Derek Henry less force feed adrian peterson to not change the game type of plan i don't know what they're trying to do andrew we'll see we'll see if they're smart enough to throw the ball to aj brown instead of hand it to adrian peterson but if, if ap comes out and looks good i guess i guess he's just beat, beating father time right yeah it's uh it's wild but i've also heard some things about deontay foreman actually getting the start in this game so uh, don't be like you're gonna have to tune in to see how this shakes out yeah it's gonna be wild what they tend to do and if they I just, I just hope the Titans are smart enough where if the running the ball isn't working, they give up on it very quickly. Um, all right. So you are the, what, what, what is it? The prop, not prop master, the, prop, the props, profit, props, props profit. profit. All right. So we got to get the alliteration in there. Uh, a couple of prize picks plays for you. What do you got? You've been hitting pretty good on these on the PFF. Yeah. So the one that I talked about on the PFF fantasy football podcast was the Justin Fields over his passing yard. So he's at sitting at 169 and a half and it's just, frankly, it's too low of a number. Like he's an NFL quarterback and he's coming off the best game of his career. And it's just not a hard number for him to hit. Yeah. I get that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, you know, a, a good defense and a good pass rush, but you know, it's not like he's going to go out there and complete zero passes, you know, in four of his five starts this year, he's hit that line. He's hit over 170 passing yards. So, and he hasn't looked great doing it. Like, like it's just not necessarily just a hard 
uh, feet to reach for the Bears quarterback. And, you know, if you look at the Steelers, they've given up 170 passing yards to every quarterback that they've played this year. So again, you know, it's not a great number, you know, like, Oh, fields threw for 170. Oh, he had a great day. It's like, he probably didn't, but it's just too low of a number. Um, I think it should be at least a little bit higher. And then the other one that I've been getting on a little bit lately, uh, lately with, you know, all this Browns news, I just got to check out these Browns uh, props is Jarvis Landry is sitting at 46 and a half receiving yards as the clear number one receiver in the Browns offense. You know, he's a 28% target share since coming back from injury. And unlike Odell Beckham, you know, he actually has good chemistry with Baker Mayfield. So I think Landry, I think that's just an easy, an easy over on 46 and a half. As long as he just doesn't get hurt. I, I don't see how he doesn't eclipse at least 50 receiving yards. The Bengals have allowed the second most receptions to wide receivers this season. So Landry, I think, is easily going to see at least 50 receiving yards. All right, that is it from the Props Profit. Get those on whatever sports book, or if you don't have access to one of those, I mean, check out Prize Picks. Um, I've recently gotten into Prize Picks, and it's pretty fun too. Um, but before we get into some positional cash slash tournament stuff, uh, let me tell you about another uh, new DFS site that I also enjoy, and that would be Jock Market. Uh, Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Uh, If you download it now, you get a 100% deposit match up to $50 using promo code grinders. So you deposit 50, you'll get an extra 50. So you got a hundred bucks. So get this. If you're a first time Jock Market player with that hundred dollars, they will give you a first market guarantee. That means you can lose your hundred dollars if you're bad at picking the players. They will give you that $100 back into your account uh, the next day. So make sure to take advantage of that when you get these free bets, free props, whatever it is, these, you know, try to be aggressive, uh, go for broke on those because they are giving you a chance to free roll with that. Use promo code grinders for your 100% deposit match and check them out. Uh, it is a fun little app to play right around a lock time uh, for basically every sport. Um, all right, let's go to quarterbacks here because I was, you know, I, I was doing my preliminary research a couple of days ago and I'm like, Taysom Hill, he's coming back. And then we got Trevor Simeon. Uh, looks like he's going to be the quarterback. So definitely not as excited for Trevor Simeon as I am for Taysom Hill, which has sort of left me hanging because I really liked how my lineups were looking, at least in cash with the cheap quarterback. We, we have a very cheap quarterback in Jordan Love. And your lineups do look a little bit better. The problem is if you use, if you go to use him, we don't have the Cooper cup. We don't have the Christian McCaffrey. We don't have the Derrick Henry. We don't have those guys on the slate to really save you the money to get that super high projected player into your lineup this week. So what I'm doing, and I think is going to be the default cash player of the week, Andrew is going to be Lamar Jackson, because this game just, this looks like a shootout. I, I, I didn't bet the over, but I think betting the over on this game looks pretty good. Both of these offenses should be able to do at least the, the Ravens for sure, I think are going to be able to do whatever they want to do. And as long as the Vikings are able to keep uh, Kirk Cousins in a clean pocket, which based on some of the statistics out there on the Ravens defense, that looks like a pretty high probability. This looks like, like a shootout. I want Lamar Jackson. He should be an 8K on DraftKings quarterback. He's 7,300. I think this is going to be the default player of the week. Yeah, he's just he's just too cheap. And, and usually I've been I've been riding Jalen Hurts and, and cash games basically all season long. And it's just the price point of Jackson. Just yeah. he's just too cheap. Like you mentioned, he should be above AK. And we just saw this Vikings defense give up 300 passing yards to Cooper Rush. Uh, they ranked 26 in explosive pass play rate. And the thing with Lamar Jackson is this isn't the same, you know, 
running the football Ravens offense. This offense throws the ball. Like this offense passes the ball on top of Lamar Jackson's rushing, which he's the one that's only doing all the rushing. Like they're not using their running back. So there's no worry of, oh, like Devontae Freeman is going to have this massive game. Like he's the he's the starting running back for the Ravens, Devontae Freeman, because Latavius Murray has already been ruled out. And I mean, are you going to hand the ball to Freeman or are you going to throw the ball with Lamar? Or are you going to run yeah. the ball? I mean, he's going to touch the ball on every single play. So I think Lamar makes way too much sense. Yeah, for cash, that's just really where I think the industry is going to end up by the end of the week. And I, that's one I, I definitely will support. Uh, in tournaments, what are some quarterbacks, right? So tournaments, the ownership, the, the pricing list on DraftKings, I look at my Millionaire Maker article and the total ownership of every lineup this year is being reduced drastically because the ownership is so spread out across the board on DraftKings because their pricing is a little bit flatter than it has ever been before. What are we doing in tournaments? There's a couple guys with some upside, uh, a couple quarterbacks. I think you can get some leverage with the field on as well. Yeah, so for me, I know that we're getting some steam from Miles Gaskin in the matchup against the Houston Texans. So I like attacking this game with the Dolphins with the quarterback, with Tua Tungo Viola. Again, over the last three games he's played, he's third in expected fantasy points per game. He's shown that in the plus matchups against Jacksonville, against Atlanta, he has a high ceiling. He rushes the ball a little bit. He scored a rushing rushing touchdown last week. He's affordable. He's under 6K. So maybe you can exchange him out for your Taysom Hill lineups and throw in two and make a couple other changes. And I think we know exactly who to stack him with. You stack him with Jalen Waller. You stack him with Mike Gusecki because Devontae Parker has ruled out. So it's just one of these like obvious plays that's kind of like coming into formation. And I think that just not enough people will play them. You know, we see this happen with, Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa. With over 50 years of sports betting experience, Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Brady and the Bucks, you know, no Antonio Brown, right? Brady doubles and then just not enough people play them. And I just think this is a really good situation for Tua, especially in an offense that just really focuses on throwing the football, even against a bad Houston Texans run defense. I mean, the Houston Texans pass defense is basically just as bad. It's just, you know, they face teams that like to run the ball a little bit more. And Miami's not like that. Miami likes to throw the ball more than run. And uh, do, does this count as revenge for Tua against the, the Texans? <laughs> we, we can put that on that in the projections. So that's an extra half a point uh, in the in the projection set for some revenge uh, on Tua there. Yeah, I think Tua is fine. Uh, what I was looking at is people are going to be using Lamar. I think getting a little different with uh, the quarterback and the other side of that game and Kirk Cousins can be pretty interesting. It does cost more, you know, to jam in Justin Jefferson with Adam Thielen, maybe you sneak in Tyler Conklin, right? Maybe that's a way to get a little bit cheaper on there because Dalvin Cook, since he's come back, uh, hasn't really been involved in the passing game. Like we want Dalvin Cook, which is why I'm a little bit sour on him. I think maybe eventually the targets come back, but we've had two straight weeks of very low target share for Dalvin Cook because they're pushing the ball down the field to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen is always open in the end zone for a touchdown somehow. And Tyler Conklin is somehow turning into a very serviceable tight end for cheap. So you could use cousins with them. And I think you can run, it's pretty easy run back as either Marquise Brown or Mark Andrews. Uh, I know you like Bateman. I guess we got to see, do we have Watkins practice? Did Watkins make it through practice today in one piece? Is yeah, that so not- we had, so Watkins practice today and is actually yeah. Rashad Bateman. that didn't 
practice oh, today oh. on Friday. So he had a, a groin thing. John Harbaugh said that he's not worried about it. He should yeah. be fine. So it does just create a little bit more ambiguity with the secondary Ravens we'll receivers. See. I think it's pretty easy with Marquise Brown, who looks like the clear alpha. You can also run Mark Andrews, the tight end spot we'll talk about later. It's very there's definitely some cheap plays, but the mid to high end is loaded with high upside uh, targets this week. So um, I, I think you can do that, run it back. My, my preference would probably be Marquise Brown, especially if a, a guy like Bateman or someone is out. That looks pretty juicy to me. Um, before we get any further in some of the position by position talk, I just want to tell you guys a couple things we have going on here at Roto Grinders. We have the DFS OGs League, right? So if you want to play against Beer Makers Fan and Notorious and Head Chopper and all those, you can sign up for the DFS OGs FanDuel Contest uh, for Week 9. Uh, I'm getting it is fanduel.com slash OGs. That's OGS show. That will You will be able to find that and you can compete with us. There's a leaderboard. There's all sorts of fun stuff. Go check that out. And then if you want to check out Roto Grinders Premium, let's say you're only a football, you only like DFS NFL, you can just purchase DFS NFL here. But if you like all the sports, basketballs and swing, our projection team is amazing. The live shows, the Andy Means and Roth are amazing for crunch time. If you want access to all that and you want to play all the sports, you can get a combo package as well, allowing you to get access to everything here on Roto Grinders. So make sure to check all of that out. Uh, all right, let's go to running back. Uh, a couple guys I think are going to end up being chalky. We've got Austin Eckler. We both uh, were, were interested in talking about him. Uh, Philadelphia, third most passes to running backs allowed. Highest success rate on running back passes. Second most running back fantasy points allowed. Seems like a total smash spot for Austin Eckler. He is a little expensive, but you, you get, there's, where are these dual threat running backs that get 10 to 15 rushes and get seven to 10 targets? There's literally like one on the slate this week. It's Austin Eckler. I think it does, uh, does you a good reason to, to want to use him this week. The other one's Zeke, you know, the, the Cowboys sort of want to run the game. Uh, the last four weeks, Denver's defense has sort of fallen off a cliff. They're allowing the fourth most fantasy points to running backs in that span. Uh, PFF's number one run blocking unit, basically all season long has been Dallas. So that's held very steady. You got to like those two. Do you see those two being the two guys or do you have anyone else you're really looking at? No, I think th those are the the main two guys. I guess like Dalvin Cook would be the the pivot potentially in some tournaments, especially because he is playing in that, in that probably more attractive game environment. But I think in cash games, I think that's where you start. You, you plug in Eckler and you plug in Zeke. Yeah, those two just look pretty pretty nice for the price today. And you're not really spending up. You're not the the, the lower tier on running backs. Doesn't look as great as some of the other weeks that it has been. Uh, so I think spending up uh, to those two guys looks pretty good. Uh, in tournaments, we can get a little dicey. First, let's talk Miles um, Gaskin versus Devontae Booker. So Gaskin's getting a lot of steam. We just got Saquon ruled out during the show. I think we were all sort of expecting that even a couple of days ago here. Who do you got between those two if you're forced to choose? Do you want to take the timeshare-ish running back in Gaskin who they, they they don't really want to run? But you got Devontae Booker who's just like he's okay, but it's a decent matchup and he's going to get the majority of the work here. Break this tie for me. Yeah, I'm always going to lean towards the volume. The, you know, the volume is king, and, and that's what Devontae Booker gets. Like it's not it's not sexy what he's doing out there, and especially in the Giants offense, but 
you know, his, I, I look a lot at every single week. I look at routes run per drop back at the running back position. And number one last week was Devonte Booker. So he's running a route on almost every single Daniel Jones drop back. Like that's why he's seeing a ton of work in the passing game. So I don't necessarily care how inefficient he is as a rusher. Like I want him to be catching passes and that's what he's doing. I think that the Raiders are going to put a point in this game. I think that Daniel Jones is going to be under pressure. And what does that mean? Oh, he's going to dump it off to his running back. So yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be sexy what, what Devontae Booker does out there, but I think he's going to get it done. And Miles Gaskin just has way too many question marks for me to take him over a guy like Booker who's locked and loaded to his workload, especially because they actually have one of their other running backs also actually on the COVID list, uh, Gary Brightwell. So it really is only Penny as that other running back, and he's like more of like a, a weird fullback kind of guy. So Booker for me, I'm going to take over Gaskin. Yeah, and they've shown um, if. Tyrod Taylor wasn't starting for Houston this week. Maybe I could get a little bit more behind Gaskin because they might have to run, but Tyrod Taylor is such a better quarterback than Davis Mills that that game's going to be, I think, reasonably close. And I think the line has come in. It was like seven. It was five and a half or something like that. The last time I looked so that, and we've seen the dolphins, they, they want to throw the ball pretty much all the time with Tua. So I, I don't know. I, that one is going to be a very tough decision point. I have not made that decision as it stands on Friday night. I, I am looking at these two as basically my third running back for cash games right now. But I think you could use if let's say it's Sunday morning and there's a, a consensus that one is better than the other. Maybe you just switch to the other one in tournaments, um, I, I think would be a good play. Uh, what else are you looking at in tournaments this week, Andrew? Yeah, so the other guys I like a little bit. So we mentioned him briefly when we were talking about uh, Gore, Derek Gore, not Frank Gore, as pointed out on the broadcast on Monday Night Football. Daryl Williams, I, I think, is kind of just flying a little bit under the radar. I mean, you look at the Chiefs offense. You know, they have one of the highest implied team totals on the slate. You know, this game could get out of hand. Like, Jordan Love could come in and just be awful and just be terrible in this game, throw a bunch of picks, and set up short fields for Daryl Williams. So I know that the Chiefs' DST is going to be very, very chalky. So why would you not want to pair him with the running back? You know, the classic running back DST pairing. And I just don't think Daryl Williams is getting enough love after Derek Gore basically, you know, had one drive. Like he basically played for one drive and then it just happened to be one that ended up going into the end zone. So Derek Gore, I'm not really buying into that. I would buy into Daryl Williams, who is involved in the passing game and is still the leading running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I like Daryl Williams and then Chase Edmonds as well. Again, he just brings a lot of big play upside. There's a lot of question marks about the Cardinals in general. Like we have Hopkins' game time decision. I saw there was a beat writer. I saw I was talking to someone here at Roto Grinders. They sent me a quote from a beat writer, and someone plugged into the team was like, don't expect DeAndre Hopkins or Kyler Murray to play. So, yeah. So there's a lot of question marks about this this game in general. And AJ green, I think is already out with COVID. So I think I try to lean on the running game. Maybe Edmonds is more of a guy you try to late swap to, cause that is a late game, but I think that he, if they have to lean on the run game a little bit more, you know, 49ers have not been great against the run 31st and explosive run rate allowed the season. And you could see a lot of dump off work from Colt McCoy to uh, one, Mr. Chase Edmonds. Yeah. So my GPP running back of the week is going to be Josh Jacobs. Um, so looking like he's starting to get some targets. Uh, you know, he left his last game early and he already had three targets. This was in the post John Gruden era for the Raiders. So I'm hoping maybe that will continue. He was even getting some targets while John Gruden was still the coach. Um, the Giants, they're allowing the six most fantasy points to running backs over the past four weeks. Teams have basically been able to do whatever they want with them against the ground in recent games here. Maybe with a little, I know Derek Carr is going to be able to do whatever, but let's pretend they try to stop Derek Carr, right? Because he has been really good and Darren Waller has been great. Maybe this is the Josh Jacobs week at low ownership. He has these like 
two touchdown performances all the time out of the blue. Um, and at, at low ownership, he's someone I'm going to be eyeing to sneak into some tournament teams, especially if you're, if you're playing whatever the chalk stack ends up for the week, right? If you're, your lineup has Amari Cooper and Lamar Jackson and a couple of these other guys in there, right? Josh Jacobs is a good way to differentiate a lineup like that at the running back position, uh, always capable of those two touchdown performances. Uh, all right, before we get to wide receiver, uh, I know some of you guys are watching live on YouTube. We do appreciate that. If you are over there, please click the like button and it does help us out behind the scenes to move up all the little algorithms that uh, the guys over at YouTube make you try to figure out to get people to find the video. And if you do like this show and some of the other shows here at Roto-Grinders, please do click the subscribe button. You will get a notification for it. And if you are, aren't watching this live, also, you can do all that on YouTube. And if you do want, listen to this on demand later on the Roto-Grinders podcast feed, we do appreciate that. Um, so please uh, go subscribe to that, get access to this show. I can get Reeves and Dean and all these other guys, all these other great shows we do here at Roto-Grinders. Um, if you subscribe to the podcast feed delivered to your phone on demand. Uh, all right, let's go to wide receiver. Uh, I think cash games first. Let's get Amari Cooper out of the way. Seems like a clear misprice. Um, my question to you is one of the reasons I like doing the show on Friday, and this show gets a lot of run over the weekend here at Roto-Grinders because it's, it's one of the final shows we do that has injury information into the weekend because um, we do here at Roto-Grinders, but a lot of other sites, there's not new podcast feeds on Saturday and Sunday and things like that. What's going on? Is there a report on CD Lamb? How'd CD Lamb look on Friday? I, I did not see one yet. Have you come across anything on CD Lamb? I have not come across anything yet. I know Mike McCarthy said that he looks fine and that he should be okay. I mean, I don't want to read too much into it because I know that a couple of weeks ago we had Cortland Sutton you know, pop up on the injury report with like a bummed ankle and he was fine. And he like went out and actually had like a massive game. So I still think regardless of CD Lamb's status, you know, Amari Cooper, I mean, he's still involved in this offense. He's still, you know, the starting wide receiver. He's still really, really good. And I'm not really afraid of the matchup against Denver. He has Dak Prescott throwing the football. And it's, it's really the price point uh, uh, of Cooper, just, you know, under 6K. It just makes it really, really too easy to avoid. Yeah, and he's certainly someone that can always get those 10, 11, 12 targets. Generally, when the Cowboys are in a closer game, um, we have seen Dak be ultra efficient, though. So even on five or six targets, um, if it, the, the Cowboys are able to blow out the Broncos, you can see Amari Cooper get into the end zone, have a big, big gain or something like that to get there. And the price point just really looks good. Uh, after that, Andrew, I think there's a couple ways you can go. Where are you leaning? Uh, like Amari Cooper, for sure is going to make my team. I think there's a couple other wide receivers in the mix. What are your uh, preferred options? Yeah, I think that like from a payup standpoint, I, I do like Tyreek Hill a lot, obviously for, you know, all the reasons we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, 18 targets last week, he's kind of emerged as Mahomes for preferred target. While Travis Kelsey has been kind, kind of going through a lull in his production. I do like Rashad Bateman at 4k it just depends on his health status. So we got to make sure that we kind of keep that in mind, but he's had a, his role in the offense has been growing. You know, he's had three catches for 80 yards. The last time we saw him play his routes for a drop, his routes run for drop back rate increased the last time we saw him play. So I think it's a good matchup again, obviously against the Minnesota Vikings. And then below 5k, the guy that stands out is Hunter Renfro. I know that he's pretty popular, but it's PPR and he's popular for the right reasons. It's not just because Henry Ruggs isn't on the team. If you look at the giants defense, you know, they've allowed the third most targets to slot wide receivers this year. So it's a really, it's a slot funnel defense. Hunter Renfro basically gets around like six to eight targets every single week. Anyway, it's PPR. So I think Renfro makes a ton of sense. And Jarvis Landry, I mentioned, I liked his over. He's only 5,100. He's the clear number one receiver in that offense. And 
Rondell Moore kind of pops up a little bit now as well, because if there's no AJ green, there's no Deandre Hopkins, he's 4.2. Like he's going to have to play the entire game. Like his issue has been, he's not playing enough snaps with all those other receivers, basically not on the field. Okay. We can feel confident that he's going to play more snaps. And when he played, when he's on the field, Cliff Kingsbury has shown a willingness to get him the ball. So Rondell Moore at 4.2 is probably one of the lowest receivers you can kind of get to. Yeah, the cheap wide receivers are pretty weak this week, in my opinion. There's not uh, a ton of them. Colt, Colt McCoy, wide receiver screens to Rondell Moore. We can <laughs> we can get behind that for like three or four connections, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Rondell Moore, it's, all he does is yards after the catch anyway. So that's yeah. all you're really banking on. And hey, you know, he catches a couple of balls behind the line of scrimmage, breaks a couple of tackles, and you 3X in no time. Yeah, I like Tyreek. Um, Debo with, with Kittle probably coming back. Me, what, What's your thoughts on Debo? He's just... He's been an absolute monster every week this season. He looks like the clear number one. There's some oh, Brandon Ayuk over the bye, right? Or, um, or, you know, has been speaking to the coach and, he, and he's back and happy to be involved. But how do you think Kittle would affect a guy like Debo uh, coming back in here? I think it does. I, I think it does matter that Kittle's coming back. You know, with this 49ers offense, it seems like we always see one or one of these players just like, have such high production when other guys miss time. You know, last year it was Ayuk. You know, all the other guys missed time and Ayuk was a monster. And then this year it was, it's been Samuel that's been getting and benefiting from all the other guys missing time. Not necessarily Ayuk not playing, but Ayuk just not being involved in the offense. So Ayuk ran more routes than Debo Samuel did last week. Kittle is coming back. And Debo Samuel is also dealing, dealing with this calf injury. So I think that his 30% target share over the, like basically since the start of the season, it seems like, if I was going to make a bet that it's going to decline, I think this would probably be the start of it. All right, let's play a little wide receiver bingo here. So let's pretend, well, I don't even know. So DJ Moore or Keenan Allen. Let's, uh, so I'm going to read you the Sam Darnold limited participant in Friday's walkthrough and is listed as questionable. Uh, and that was suffering. I don't like concussion, I, I just, shoulder injury. I don't know. Do we want to play Sam? Sam Darnold's number one target. Does, is that even a worthy thing? Do we want to play PJ Walker number one target? Or do you just want to take sort of old and boring Keenan Allen? I think I'll, I'll probably offer old and boring Keenan Allen. I, I talked about the matchup earlier. You know, the Eagles have allowed the highest passer rating to slot wide receivers. You know, Michael Williams has kind of fallen off a little bit since his hot start to the season because they're using him differently. They're like using him downfield. And that's not good for fan. Like we don't necessarily want that matchup especially because now he's going to get a lot of Darius Slay, who's been one of the better corners this year. You know, the Eagles have been good on the perimeter and not good against slot receivers. So I think you hit on earlier, it's going to be an Eckler and Allen game for Justin Herbert. And I mean, the Patriots could just be like, all right, we're going to take away DJ Moore and make them run the football. I mean, I'm sure that Bill Belichick will invite whoever's starting quarterback to throw the ball to Robbie Anderson at this point. I think Belichick has, has probably <laughs> watched the Panthers enough to know, just throw the ball to Robbie Anderson. He could get 11 targets. It doesn't really matter because we've seen him get double digit targets for multiple weeks and do absolutely nothing with them. Uh, we've got Waddle. He's 5,600 without Parker um, and still without Will Fuller. That looks like a good spot. You can play. I think Marquise Brown is semi-interesting uh, as long as maybe one of Watkins or Bateman doesn't end up suiting up. Uh, I would, I think Marquise Brown is in, in store for a pretty good game there. You've got T Higgins is 5,300. You've got, you mentioned Jarvis Landry is what? 5,100. Those like low 5K Higgins or Jarvis Landry. 
if you're, if you're going I think to I, would, I, I think for tournaments, I probably want to get Higgins. I mean, Higgins just seems like he's so close to having like yeah. a massive game. Like every single week, it's like he either had, you know, a bunch of end zone targets, air yards, or just raw targets. Like we've seen this guy have games of 15 plus targets before alongside Jamar Chase still balling out. So Higgins, I, I'm going to keep playing Higgins until he has that 30 point game because I know it's in him. So I'm just going to keep playing him. All right. That's probably about all I got at the wide receiver position. Let me make sure a couple uh, GPP leverage. I had the Dolphins wide receivers, but Waddle is Waddle's going to end up being reasonably owned now that uh, Devontae Parker had a setback and isn't going to be in there. Keenan, I think, is a nice play off. Austin Eckler is definitely going to be the highest on running back and Keenan. Um, we've currently got him at about 12% own. That seems like a fine way to maybe get some leverage off of Austin Eckler because I really don't see a Mike Williams game, especially at the price that he is on, on DraftKings this week. Uh, all right, let's go to tight end. Uh, I got th- the three tiers, I think, this week. It, it's always hard. I think you can use Darren Waller if you really want to. However, the Darren Waller lineup makes you have to spend down at other places that might not be ideal because we just got um Noah Fant has definitely been ruled out due to COVID that just crossed the line so we've got Albert you've got the pronunciation here I'm going to call him Alberto why don't you try to pronounce the whole thing for me so it's Albert Okuwe Boonham all right, there sure you go. I threw it in there so I would be able to say because I know because he's been he's been running and anyway, everyone every podcast has been talking about Alberto and no one's yeah. saying his name and I just wanted to give him respect because hey this is a real guy real NFL player I just wanted to say his name right yeah so even when he was sharing time with Fant he was doing okay and now he's probably going to be out there for almost every snap this week in a game that in theory the Broncos are going to have to pass and we have seen when the Broncos have had to pass. They will throw the ball if they're behind uh, in games. They will let Teddy sling it around. So Alberto, uh, I, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. I'm going to I'm going to let you stick with that one. At 2600, he's he's the talk of the town. I think that most people are going to use. You can pair him with Waller, but the the tight end. A, a couple other guys would be Dallas Goddard is 47 or where is he 40? 40, 4500 even like ultra cheap every snap player in a and that's like the tight end funnel isn't it against the chargers you don't you don't beat them outside you don't beat them deep you pepper them over the middle that looks pretty good and then we can go back to the the cheap tight end of last week and dan arnold who got there in garbage time don't see any reason he can't get there in garbage time again this week because it's another mop-up duty and you do beat buffalo sort of in the middle uh not on the outside too often so those are probably the three tiers i think in cash Alberto is certainly going to be a player that is one of the highest owned of the week, but don't be afraid. I don't really like two tight end builds. I, I think I still think it's a little too cute to use Waller and Alberto in the same lineup. Uh, I, I think I like a little bit of the wide receiver upside or maybe a little bit more safety in a running back than playing Darren Waller, who really hasn't done too much since week one. Um, so I guess I want to see Waller really do it one more time before I, uh, I deploy him in cash. Yeah, I think that Alberto, I mean, it's it's the same play that we, you know, we all played Dan Arnold last week in yeah. cash and it works. So I think just now you get a guy gets even cheaper, you know, Alberto is even cheaper. And yeah, like you had mentioned before, he has three catches in three of his games this year already. And he hasn't even played a 50% snap share. So, you know, I think that five or six catches is well within his range of outcomes. And that's all you really need for someone that's that cheap. Yeah. What about in tournaments? What are some good options to use from there's a tight end is, is pretty deep this week in my opinion it's usually not 
Yeah. So I, I think that Goddard is still like viable in tournaments again, for all the reason we like him in cash and the, the matchup is just perfect for him against the chargers defense. You know, he's running routes at a crazy amount. I mean, he basically saw a 50% target share last week from Jalen hurts. Like Jalen hurts is not throwing the ball to Smith Rager or Quez Watkins, like he's not throwing the ball to those guys nearly as much. He's throwing it to Dallas Goddard and the running back. So I think that Goddard makes a ton of sense. Mike Gusecki, you know, he's another one of these Mm -hmm. hybrid wide receiver tight ends that's labeled as a tight end, but actually plays wide receiver really more. I know Ian points out about it, I think on every single podcast where he's like, yeah, Mike Gusecki never lines up in line. Like Chris Godwin has lined up more in line this year than Mike Gusecki has. So we need to change the tight end designation. And Gusecki, again, it's the concentrated target share in Miami now with Devontae Parker out of the lineup. Mike Gusecki's been the tight end one over the last four weeks. Like he scored more fantasy points than anyone. Now he's playing the Texans who have allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends. Now, does that hold steady because Gusecki is a receiver? I mean, it's really more just the, the Texans are just a bad defense in general. So, so we want, we wanted Parker in to call Gusecki a tight end and Parker's out. He's a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it becomes very, very complicated, but he's, he's basically running routes a lot when Tua is dropping back to throw and the Texans defense again, isn't specifically giving up a lot of points to wide receivers, but it's just because they're just giving up a, they're just not an efficient defense. So I think Gusecki makes a ton of sense. And same thing kind of be said with Kyle Pitts, you know, same type of match. you look at the DraftKings, you know, in, in the, in the lobby, when you're looking, picking players, you, know, you see the little red four, I think it is against the saints, but that's against tight ends. And Kyle Pitts doesn't play tight end. Really. He plays wide receiver and that's green for, uh, for Falcons receivers. So Kyle Pitts, I think after he busted last week, despite, you know, he had eight targets, I think that he's probably worth going back to as well. Yeah, I'm just going to read down the tight end list this week of viable. Normally, it's like four deep of players you want to use at the position. Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Mike Gusecki, Dalton Schultz. Um, Then you got Ertz and Dawson Knox, right? But we're not really playing those. Dallas Goddard. We've got Dan Arnold. You've got ups, you know, CJ Uzoma's had two huge games. Um, Jared Cook can catch touchdowns. Um, we've got Albert O. There is a wide variety of tight ends this week. Don't, if you are playing tournaments, don't stick to just one or two or even three. If you're playing like 20 lineups, it's okay to have a very wide variety at the position this week. Um, normally it's not so, um, but don't be afraid to spread it around a little bit this week. Uh, all right, Andrew, uh, I want to give you a, a round of applause for filling in for Mr. Ian Harditz. You have done a, a great job, in my opinion. Uh, tell them, uh, all the people, where they can find your stuff, if they like this pod, what you do over at PFF, what pods you're on over there, uh, how they can find you. Yeah, so I am over on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore, and all my work is over at PFF. You know, basically what I do on the PFF podcast, every single week I go on and join Ian, and we do our own DFS breakdown, kind of breaking down in a similar way that we've done this show, looking at the cash plays, looking at tournament plays, and then I always, at the end of every show, drop in my favorite props of the week. So hopefully we can continue to run hot and continue to get some more props in that are profitable for all of the listeners out there. So I'm also on TikTok as well at Andrew Erickson underscore as the kids like to do. I like to try to take advantage of my youth and try to get into what kids are doing these days. So uh, also at Andrew Erickson underscore there. And yeah, you know, multiple articles every single week on pff.com. And yeah, make sure you just go follow me, interact with me. Now, and are you dancing? On, are you dancing on TikTok or is it fantasy football? It's it's fantasy football. Right? <laughs> oh, <so>. man. <laughs> you got to you got to dance while doing fantasy football. Yeah, that, that's really how you get the algorithm to really work in your favor. You got to add the dances. And yeah, so that's me. All right, uh, Andrew, thanks for filling in. Uh, again, I'm Britt Devine. Thanks to all you for watching, listening, downloading, however you consume this. We appreciate it here at Roto-Grinders. And with that, 
Uh, we out, Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa. With over 50 years of sports betting experience, Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.